0: Welcome to Bridge the Divide Podcast, a podcast where church leaders have real and honest conversations about issues of race and the way forward to racial reconciliation.
1: Welcome to Bridge the Divide, episode three. My name is Lawrence Kirby. This is Matt Myers. This is David Johnson. We're all great friends. Currently, we're part of a church called the Axe Church of Kenosha, soon to be one voice church. Yes. Uh, So if you don't know, we are in the process of launching a multi-ethnic church in the city of Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, And so we want to take this opportunity, this podcast, to talk about issues of race and faith and culture and how all these things intersect. So welcome to Bridge the Divide. This is our third episode uh, yeah, David, you want to introduce our topic today? Yeah, so today
0: uh, we're talking about BLM, ALM, or I guess other BLM. <laughs> other BLM. <laughs> I don't know that
2: they ever refer to themselves right. as other BLM.
0: <laughs> so we're, we're talking about uh, the conversation of Black Lives Matter, uh, the response, All Lives Matter, yeah. and, and also Blue Lives Matter. Um, uh, you know, we want to be able to talk about controversial things in this podcast. In a way that isn't, uh, uh, doesn't come across aggressive or uh, argumentative, but in a way that hopefully can help bring understanding. Mm-hmm. One thing that we find in a lot of these conversations is that people are quick to want to argue and defend, and now you're you're offending someone else. And uh, part of our vision for Bridge the Divide and this podcast is that we help people come to a place of understanding and understanding other perspectives. Um, because I think that will help us uh, bring healing and bring reconciliation when we're able to kind of understand different things. So that's the conversation we want to have today about uh, these different positions, if you will, mm-hmm. of yeah. Black Lives Matter, <clears throat> All Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter. Um, I think it's important probably to start with Black Lives Matter, because that's really where this conversation um, and and the responses come from, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: Yes. Yeah. So, So I do want to just kind of jump in on something you said kind of setting up the conversation like the culture around us it is so polarizing and i've been saying this a lot recently like there's such a push to always draw lines in the sand and oversimplify issues and make people pick a side uh and i hate that as believers of jesus followers of jesus the church we, we've fallen into that thing hook line and sinker in a lot of ways you know to yeah. the point that we you know whatever culture is telling us is the dividing line we're just jumping in and picking these sides Without really trying to objectively understand positions and nuances, uh, and, and even how all these things work together, mm-hmm. um, so so you know this conversation I think is is a perfect example of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and so let's get into it,
2: right? And I think there's an assumed camp that folks will be in based on politics, based on religious persuasion and things, and you start thinking, well of course folks are in this camp, on this dividing line, and in this polarized tense time, it's almost like we cannot, like you said, objectively think through all of these issues. Like why why do you assume that some folks, because they vote this way, are gonna view Black Lives Matter this way? Like it doesn't even make sense to me at yeah. all.
1: Yeah. So let's get into it. Black Lives Matter, right? Uh, the organization, quote unquote, started with the hashtag yep. uh, in 2013 right yep. um after george zimmerman is acquitted for murdering trayvon, trayvon martin, martin uh we see this hashtag pop up uh and it and it becomes like a viral hashtag yep. uh and, and it's a phrase that begins to kind of express a, a growing discontent in the black community with with seeing unarmed african american men being murdered yep. um in this case by a citizen yep. and acquitted but oftentimes by law enforcement. Yep, right. um, and so it's birthed out of this moment. And then um, if you remember 2013, that happens. Uh, and then uh, what is that? 2014, um, Ferguson happens, um, the murder of Michael Brown, uh, the indictment of, of Darren Wilson, a police yep. officer there. And, and so over and over again, in this in this short time period, there are several like high profile cases yeah. where unarmed African-American men uh, meet their demise. Mm. Uh, and, and so it helps kind of fuel this this outcry, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and, and so the organization kind of starts there, and then and then goes from that point. Um, now I want to read something from their website, their yep. mission. Uh, this is from the Black Lives Matter uh, website. Uh, and it has been recently updated within the last month or so. Yeah, they changed Um, it up. Yeah, yeah, they changed it up. I think some of the backlash of some of the the phrasing and confusion, uh, even even myself reading it, I was like, what does this mean? Right. And and this is an interesting statement. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so it looks, they have updated within the last month. But I want to read the mission statement, if you will, from Black Lives Matter, the website, as we kind of have further dialogue. Uh, So this is what it says. Black Lives Matter's mission is to eradicate white supremacy and build local power to intervene in violence inflicted on black communities by the state and vigilantes. By combating and countering acts of violence, creating space for black imagination and innovation and centering black joy, we are winning immediate improvements in our lives, mm-hmm. right? Um so so that's that's the mission of this organization, yep. right? You guys want to jump in here on it? So,
0: so I think we should Explain what what do you, what do they mean by eradicate white supremacy? Like what is white supremacy? So white oh, supremacy, oh man, yeah. that's a great y- question. You I know, it. It. yeah But I think it's important it. to define yeah. our terms because a lot of these things get thrown around and you know Even black lives matter you say that thing and people are jumping to all these different conclusions mm-hmm. that you might not actually be uh, meaning and so I think it's important even as we read this mission statement white supremacy What? What does it mean when they're saying we want to eradicate
1: white supremacy? That's a good, mm-hmm. that's, that's a great question, David. So, so yeah, white supremacy is an ideology. Yep. And that's where we have to start. It's an ideology that comes across in subtle ways mm-hmm. and also in extreme ways. So I want to be clear. Um, it, it's the ideology that says, you know, white people are just better.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. The way we do things is better. Mm-hmm. And that's where white supremacy actually starts. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's this this ideology that says white people are better, um, you know, and black folk just got to get it together. Mm-hmm. You know, they just don't quite, yeah. You know, they they won't yep. go to work, and they do. You know, it, it's all these stereotypes that create this narrative that 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 white people are superior, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and we see that in American history, yeah, and even just the way that we treated the Native Americans when we came to america and just took over like in the way we treated them in the trail of tears and like just all these things there's this attitude of white europeans are like we're better we're more advanced we're smarter like all those things and um that just con- has continued throughout mm. our culture and not just in america but like
1: around the world yeah so, it, it, it really evolved out of european supremacy yeah. and i'm happy you said that um because when we look at slavery And how the notion of enslaving black and brown people started, Mm -hmm. it it came because European nations came to the realization that because we're all Christians, we shouldn't enslave each other. Mm -hmm. Because Christians don't enslave other Christians. Mm -hmm. Uh, But these savages here Mm -hmm. are not Christians, and they're not human, and they're not as this. And and so this notion of enslaving foreigners, black people, Africans, Mm -hmm. was kind of birthed out of that thought. Um, and if we study history, then we know, you know, the Spanish and the Portuguese and the English all kind of begin this um, transatlantic slave trade together, mm-hmm. in the sense right. uh, of, of of going to buy people from the continent of Africa mm-hmm. and then sending them to other places, uh, mm-hmm. South America, Central America, uh, the, the Caribbean I- islands, what's yes. now Haiti in these areas, and then finally even to North America where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so this notion that the people on this continent just aren't like us, and Mm -hmm. they're less human than we are, Mm -hmm. uh, is is something that's been threaded um, from from Europe to even American history Mm -hmm. in those ways. But I think the hard part, and
2: probably even what the Black Lives Movement is referring to is a much more hidden or sneaky white supremacy. Mm -hmm. Because white supremacy, when when it comes to mind, like the instant thing I think of, like if you just said like word association, you say white supremacy, I think, I see a dude in the Klan hood. Yeah, You get what I'm saying? Or neo-Nazi. Yeah, I mean exactly that. Or someone at a rally like that, someone burning a flag, someone burning a cross, like this extreme view. The problem with white supremacy is it's any system that is assuming whites have supremacy or is holding that supremacy in that way. So is the system enacted in a way of like, well, those are just poor folks that don't have much to offer that need to pull up their bootstraps and if they just worked harder, they'll get on top. We don't need to listen to them as
1: much. You know, yeah. it's a more and, 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 hidden way. And, and what's dangerous is the subtle white supremacy. Yeah, exactly that, exactly. Um, because that. everybody agrees when you see the blatant, neo-Nazi, those kind of right. movements, everybody's like, that's evil and that's terrible yep. and that's heinous. Yep. Um, I think what's more dangerous is to your point, those hidden things. Yep. And, 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 and I, I want to point out this about white supremacy. Um. One of the pervasive or kind of prevalent ideologies is that the issues in black communities mm-hmm. are the results of morality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if those people would make better mm-hmm. choices, then their situation would be different. Yep. And it immediately condenses the challenges of black America mm-hmm. to just poor choices.
2: Yep. And, and the s-
1: th- thought is those folk just don't yep. make the best choices. You
2: see that in phrasing and the way that the argument is even shaped. So when there's crime in white neighborhoods, they talk about crime. When there's crime in black neighborhoods, they talk about black on black crime. Yeah. It's the way of phrasing and even shaping the argument of different less than folks that don't have that morality. Whereas when it's white folks, it's just crime, we gotta tighten this up. Mm-hmm. It doesn't it's a different argument for different situations, yeah. which is
1: connecting again to the white supremacy. Yeah. And we know that crime is about proximity, yeah. right? People commit crimes with and against. The people they are yep. closest to. For sure. Most crime is not random. For sure that. You know, so, so if your community is mostly black, those are the people you're gonna do crimes yep. with and against. If your yep. community is, you know, Irish or whatever, you look at organized crime yep. and you know the Yakuza or the, the, the Japanese mafia organizations yep. and the Italian, it's about proximity. People Absolutely. get together with people they're in community with and commit crime most crime statistically is not random you're exactly right though. when it comes to black communities it's black on black crime as if it's something more heinous or or sinister than even you look at the drug epidemic in our nation Mm -hmm. when when drugs ravage white communities Mm -hmm. it is not a criminality issue it's a public (laughs) health crisis right there's an opium epidemic yes right that's a lot different than the war on crime in black communities absolutely you know so, so when white communities are ravaged by drugs, it's an epidemic, right? There's an opium epidemic, and we need, you know, and all this work goes into fixing that. Yeah. But again, black communities, it's the war on drugs, yep. and the answer is let's lock Tough up on as crime. many people let's as possible yep. to, to fix this problem. Yep. Um, so so all, all of these ideologies, all of these are symptoms of what we know to be white supremacy. Yep. So, so when Black Lives Matter says we want to eradicate white supremacy, Mm-hmm. Um, the, the thinking is we want to create a nation in America yeah. where there's a genuine sense of equality, yeah. where people are viewed as equality. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been I've been saying for years, and this is going to be a little bit funny. Um, you know, there's this stereotype. You know, black folk are lazy. You know, mm-hmm. they just don't want to. Fam, for 265 <laughs> years, we built this country <laughs> for free. <laughs> look at who, how, la- works, look how lazy. Look how lazy these people are. Let's enslave them. Who, that
2: doesn't make right. any sense. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh,
1: How hard do you have to work to be a slave?
2: It's the same argument when people complain about uh, immigrants who are lazy, but I thought they were coming in and stealing our jobs. Right. That doesn't sound like like the two don't, that doesn't connect at all. That doesn't (laughs) connect at all.
1: Absolutely. So so white supremacy is an ideology, (laughs) though. Uh, And and there's these subtle nuances of what it is. And then, of course, there's these brazen, evil you Know, uh, uh kind of overt yeah. instances of what it is, sure. But, but when we talk about eradicating white supremacy, and, and, and I'm happy you brought it up, and that even though we're kind of on this rabbit trail, yeah, white clearly it's important <laughs> no, because it, sometimes it I is. think when yeah. white people hear that phrase, mm-hmm. uh, you know, eradicate white supremacy, does it mean things are supposed to reverse mm-hmm. and white people are supposed to now be subservient? Like some people, when they hear that phrase, picture some type of almost white enslavement, yeah, right, where there's some revolution. Yeah. Where white people, anybody that's white is going to lose whatever they have to give right. to, you know, like there's this, there's a misunderstanding Eradicating
0: white supremacy doesn't mean setting up a different supremacy. Yes, exactly. Right? That's not what brother. we're saying. And, you know, so part of this podcast is we talk about the intersection between culture and faith.
2: Yeah. Right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So as Christians, uh, I think we all should be able to get behind the idea of getting rid of white supremacy, okay? mm-hmm. right? Like we know that we are all created in the image of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm right? Like, that is so core to what we believe as Christians, that God created us in his image, that we're all to represent God and Jesus in the way that we live and and care for the earth. Like, it goes back to Genesis, right? Um, It's who we are as humans, uh, that that we're God's representatives here on earth, and um, that we all have value. And Jesus didn't just die for Europeans, like or mm-hmm. Jews, but, but for everybody, yeah, or Americans, or just Americans. Oh, yeah. Yeah. that's good, like, yeah. like that's good. Christianity, like, we believe that Jesus died for everyone, that we are all uh equal in God's eyes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, so we shouldn't be um living in a place where, where that view isn't acted out, right? It's one thing to say, um, yeah, we believe that. Everyone is equal, but then we live in a culture where that's not the case. Right. Mm-hmm. Like as Christians, we should be uh, taking what the Bible says and doing the best we can to not only live it out personally, but live it out in our communities mm-hmm. um, to see, you know, how how God uh, intended us to live, like to see that lived out mm-hmm. in in America, in Kenosha, where we mm-hmm. live, right. Mm-hmm. Um, And so I think it's important as Christians to uh, honestly embrace the idea of getting rid of white supremacy. Mm -hmm. Not in a way of like, I'm not talking about like going and attacking and being violent. Like we're not saying that. And creating,
1: I love that you said it's not about creating a different supremacy. Yeah, for sure that. Um, I think that's so important to understand in this conversation. Because I think that's the fear a lot of times when people hear phrases like eradicate white supremacy. Mm -hmm. They think it's to set up a different supremacy. Mm-hmm. And that's that's not what this is about. And at all.
0: there could be groups that are trying to do that. Yeah, that's true.
1: Right. That's true. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, as that's...
0: we're going to talk through this yeah. through this episode today, like uh, there are extreme groups yeah. that don't represent everybody. Yeah. yeah. And and so of course you're you're going to find groups that are like trying to set up a different supremacy. Mm-hmm. I'm sure.
2: So let's take the things we've been talking about, looking through that mission that we read, and let's ask this question then. What's so controversial about Black Lives Matter? Why does it rub some people the wrong way or instantly split, folks? Why are some people like, yeah, of course Black Lives Matter, and they shot it from the rooftops, and it's on their hashtags and everything, and everyone else, as soon as it's said, there's an instant reaction of Blue Lives Matter, All Lives Matter. What's the controversy then? I mean, we know what the controversy. is. Well, so i just freaking talking You know about me. I'm just thinking
1: about how I want to frame it. I see um, you. So, so I'm going I'm to say what the problem is. Okay. And then we'll have a conversation and explain why that is. Okay. It, it's controversial because it's about race. Okay. Uh, white folks in America tend to have a problem talking about issues of race. Yep. And anytime there's an organization or a movement or a hashtag that's about race, mm-hmm. it creates a tension automatically. Oh, Yeah. I want to give you an example to kind of illustrate this point, and then we'll talk specifically about Black Lives Matter. Um, Colin Kaepernick Mm. uh, was an NFL quarterback who (laughs) kneeled during the national Mm -hmm. anthem. And when the question was asked why he kneeled, he did the interview post-game, and he talked about police brutality and Mm -hmm. issues in the black community, right? Mm -hmm. And there was this huge uproar of how anti-American he was for kneeling during the national anthem. Mm -hmm. You know... How dare you? This is a great nation. People die for that flag. How dare you kneel, right? Oh, yeah. It ultimately led to him being released. uh, And and he won a collusion suit against the NFL, Mm -hmm. uh, which suggests that NFL owners colluded against him to not give him a job. Now, this is what people forget. Mm -hmm. A couple years before Colin Kaepernick, Mm -hmm. there's another NFL quarterback, Tim Tebow, Mm -hmm. uh, who's a Christian and, Mm -hmm. and, and, and known for his faith. Who kneeled during the national anthem yep. Yep. and when they asked him why he kneeled he said i can't stand for a country that allows abortion mm-hmm. and many of the same people that called kaepernick un-american yeah. applauded tim tebow
2: mm-hmm.
0: right
1: so the issue is and not vice, kneeling and vice versa, and vice versa. right, right? So, so, the same people
0: who were absolutely loving tebow and taking a knee over the issue of abortion are so upset about Colin yeah. kaepernick and and the players who are continuing to take a kneel or whatever other demonstrations yeah. they're doing for yeah. for Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. So
1: first, what that says to me is it's not about the the kneeling then. It's about the issue he's 100%. kneeling for. Right? And what he represents. Yeah. And, and because, because Tebow was kneeling for a human, human rights issue
2: mm-hmm.
1: that, that doesn't make white people squirm the mm-hmm. same way, it was accepted.
2: The problem is the majority culture doesn't view race as a human rights issue at this point. Correct. Because exactly what you said is right, but we don't have that viewpoint of this is actually a human rights issue of black people having value. Black people's lives matter. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not, they can't equate that as the same thing. It's just uncomfortable. And I think part of that is our previous discussion about white supremacy, because when we use terms like racism, like, as soon as you say that term, I'm like, well, I'm not racist. I'm not a white supremacist. I'm, you know, but as soon as you start challenging, maybe some of my decisions, maybe some of the things that I buy or organizations I support, or things that I do actually indeed support the continuation of white supremacy. Now I'm uncomfortable as someone that's part of majority culture. You well, know well, what this I'm saying? Is the thing. If you're a
1: Christian, mm-hmm. to be not a racist isn't enough. <laughs> yes, I totally agree. All of us, in, we, we have to be anti-racist. Yes, sir. Right? Yes, sir. We, we can't stop it. I'm not a racist. Yes. That's not good enough. Yep. Not if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. Yeah. We have to be anti-racist. Preaching. You see know what I'm saying? So that's I a whole do. different thing to your point. And, and I see that's where you're going. 100%. So, so let's get into some of the issues with Black Lives Matter. Yep. Because I know there's people watching they are like, no, it's not about race at all. Yep. It's about this and about that. So uh, let's yeah. talk about it. Yeah. Um. So, so three ladies founded the hashtag yep. and later the organization, right? Um, and I guess if there's any controversy about this, the biggest controversial, I guess, issue is that really they're not Christians. Right. Yeah. I mean, they, they did some interviews and different things and they were talking about praying to the ancestors yeah. and, you know, like saging their homes and all these mm-hmm. practices that most of us as Christians would view as occult practices. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, so the biggest issue really is that these are not Christian people. Right. And so this movement isn't founded by Christians. Right. And there's this thought that because they're not
0: Christians and maybe they're, you know, in the occult or as they would say, uh, there's this viewpoint that, well, then anything that they do then must be a complete work of the devil.
2: Mm. Yeah. Yep. But I think that's an easy way to write it off and not process and critically think about what they're saying. Because I think the hard part about the Black Lives Matter movement, and I've seen Uh, with some of my brothers uh, and sisters that I care about, there seems to be a, we're gonna do a deep dive on this organization in a way of which they would never deep dive any other organization in their lives. Like they're gonna fine tooth comb that thing. They're gonna look for statements that each of these ladies have said in the past three decades. They're gonna look for, you know what I'm saying? Like it's the deepest dive of perfection that they're holding this organization to. And I'm like, man, I don't do that with anything in my life. Yes, I mean, listen, of course we want to know our organization's legit. I'm not saying you just trust anything and everyone, but like this organization has been such fine tooth combed, in-depth dive. Mm -hmm. You're looking for something.
1: You're desperate to find anything to be able to throw this organization out. And and this is the challenge. Um, Some of the same people that are in such an uproar about this organization and doing the deep dive. Yep. Don't do that about pro-life issues. No. There's an immediate understanding of complexity when it comes to Mm pro-life. And I mean this, that there's organizations that are pushing to change laws and they should be changed. Mm -hmm. There are issues that are working through adoption and helping families and that should go on. Yep. But they also understand there's fringe organizations that want to blow up clinics and assassinate abortion doctors. Yep. Um, and those are things that the church is not on board with, right, right. even though churches actively support pro-life movements, right. they're not on board with like the fringe, right. you know, kind of crazy, violent sector yeah. of, of what, what what is involved sometimes 100%. in that pro-life movement. Mm-hmm. They understand we want to see laws change. We want to see families have better options. We want to, and those are great things. Right. Um, but but I guess my frustration is when it comes to Black Lives Matter, suddenly you you can't see past what might be fringe. Right. You so, know what I'm saying? And so Black Lives Matter are looters and rioters yeah. and evil overthrow the government <laughs> yes. and murder the police. Like all of a sudden, Black Lives Matter is this. Yeah. When 95% of the people are are not involved with the fringe elements of what we see. So so part of the pushback, I think, would be, well, it started with that
0: group. Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they would say, Well, they're not really fringe because they're the they're the black Mm-hmm. Organization, you know, but 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 I think and this is the thing like it, it, when you're looking at Black Lives Matter It's a it's a Twitter like social media hashtag that yeah. went viral because it resonated with so many people yeah. mm-hmm. so it's not this like From the top-down hierarchy organization yeah. with all these leaders and like yeah. it's not that it's it's a someone that started an idea that just took yeah. off It grew legs. In and fact, de- by anyway.
2: definition of who they are, they're not centralized. Mm-hmm. Like, so you go to the Black Lives Matter, of uh, folks who are running things in Kenosha, which I don't think we have an official chapter Correct. or anything in Kenosha, but you connect with those folks and are like, I don't know who those three ladies are. And there's yeah. no, there's not like right. messages from the top of like running the system.
1: Listen, I don't know any activists no. that, that's involved in the movement of freedom and equality for black people that are connected to these three ladies. Yeah. Nobody. Yep. Yeah. Not and, and, and to their credit, they did that on purpose. Yeah. By nature it, of it, what it is. It, it, it's supposed to be leaderless. It's yeah. supposed to be grassroots, local. You, you take this hashtag, this idea of mm-hmm. equality and freedom for people of color. Yeah. And then in your local context, you live that out. Yeah. So so they're not building an army to destroy everything whiteness. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's not what's happening. You know. So regardless of their own personal beliefs and who they are and what I disagree with, I, I don't see this movement as directly connected to any of that because it's not that right. they specifically wanted it to be kind of leaderless and put some principles forward mm-hmm. um, and and you know go go from there. And when you look at how do you become a chapter. It, it, it is so loosely based and disconnected. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's For not, sure that. It's not like you got to fly out and be trained and indoctrinated by them. And, you know, like there's yep. not this, this, this hierarchy, to your point, or leadership structure that creates anything. Yeah. And, and let's keep in mind, um, as Christians, we support all kinds of movements that are started by Christian people. For sure. And we're able to, again, complexity. Mm-hmm. We're able to say, yeah, I understand this ideal and I support that, right. but this part isn't for me. Right. Like we're able to to discern as we look at organizations and, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, a, a lot of us are registered Democrats or registered Republicans. Those aren't Christian organizations.
2: Definitely not. You know what I mean? Neither there's one. there's <laughs> elements
1: in each party that's like, okay, I can see this or yeah. I can see that, but they're not. You know, and and a lot of believers, a lot of Christians are registered Democrat. And I don't mean they just vote a certain way.
2: They defend it with their lives almost. (laughs) So
1: so we understand that there are non-Christian entities in this nation that that at moments align over certain issues. uh, And and, and people who are Christians support those in certain ways, Mm -hmm. you know, so I don't see this as different from that. I think you're right. You know, but but also to something you said earlier, again, when it comes to issues of race, Mm -hmm. There's almost an aggressive need to nitpick it and tear it apart mm-hmm. in a way that that we don't do other organizations and other issues. Correct. You know what I mean?
0: Well, I think it kind of goes back to what you were saying of when you bring up Black Lives Matter, if I'm able to say, well, that was started by a group of ladies that are, you know, worshiping the devil, for example, mm-hmm. said, then I can just not have to talk it all about the whole point of Black Lives Matter. I can just skip it because it's just, it's of the devil. I should have nothing to do with it, so I don't need to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, like, that's so unfortunate because I think there's so much that needs to be talked about with Black Lives Matter that, as Christians, we need to learn and listen um, and process some of these things
1: as we to move forward. Yeah. yeah, And, and I shouldn't say it. Yes, I should <laughs> hey. it's a safe space no, no one's gonna hear yeah. it Y'all know me. it's uh, very
2: it's just the three of us
1: we're having honest real conversation I, I feel like this i feel like if the church was leading this movement mm-hmm. for equality there wouldn't be a need for three ladies to come up with an organization mm-hmm. oh, to yeah. lead a movement you should definitely say that <laughs> I, I look at the mm. civil rights movement mm-hmm. and it was led primarily by the church yep Yep. Black churches and white churches, many of the heroes from the civil rights movement were pastors and church leaders. Mm-hmm. And you know how they did protests? They met at the church. Yeah. And they sung songs of worship. And then they had a prayer meeting. And then they had speakers who were all pastors yep. and church leaders. Mm-hmm. And they wow. talked about you know, the need to protest. That's and they good. talked about the need to do it peacefully. And they talked about how to affect change. And then they went out and they had protests. And then those that's same good. pastors after that jumped on a plane and went to D.C. to then meet with lawmakers to bring about change. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's super The, the church led the movement. Yeah. And what we see now are people in our streets that are angry and want to see change, but there's no leadership. Yeah, yeah. And so we see riots breaking out and we see things happening, uh, but but I'm, I'm of the belief that a lot of it is due to the church not being in position. Yeah.
2: Not being in a position and then... Huge chunks of the church writing it off. Because they will write it off as just politics, for example. Yeah. And for some reason yeah. in the church, there's been this thing of like, we won't talk about politics. But this is in the my church. problem
1: with that. We fully embrace pro life issues totally as agree. a human rights issue. And totally it is agree. a human rights yeah. issue. And I am a pro life person. Yeah. Um, but there's an easy understanding in the church mm-hmm. of that not being political. 100%. And this is the thing uh, of course, I think the church has to be the conscience of the nation in some Mm -hmm. ways. Like we represent the heart and the voice of God. Mm -hmm. And so we look at issues like abortion and we say, man, that's wrong. That's evil. Mm -hmm. And so we do a few things. Uh, We we educate people. Mm -hmm. uh, We work with families to to help prevent abortions. And and we lobby legislation to change structures that that make abortion possible. Right. And the church has to take up the mantle of, of racism the same way. That's good. Yeah. White churches and black churches together. Like take up that mantle. Like like we did in the fifties and sixties. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. You know, because right. if you see the imagery from the civil rights movement, it wasn't just black pastors.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, th- there were several, you know, Lutheran and Catholic and, and other pastors and churches that walked hand in hand mm-hmm. with Dr. King um, and, and helped lead the movement forward because they saw it as a human rights issue.
2: Yeah. You know? The tragic part though is even with that, there were many Christian leaders that were maybe their greatest opposition. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that's tragic. And I think we even see that as we step forward now with Black Lives Matter about caring about your fellow brothers and sisters who are hurting, who are crying out in this moment of writing it off as political, writing it off as whatever it might be. And it seems a same level of that tone deafness. I think you're right in the sense of the church needing to step up, but even now desperately more so Mm because we've seen how it was a conflict then, but we need it even more so now because it seems so silent from the
1: church side. Mm -hmm. At least from my experience, it seems so silent. Yeah, because the majority culture church has written off issues of injustice as political. Yeah. Yep. Now we know politicians get involved to tug on people's heartstrings of course. Mm-hmm. They so mean. whenever there's human issues, yeah. politicians they're going to use, gonna use as a, it as an opportunity sure. right. right. But but to to write off these issues strictly as political. Yeah. <clears throat> excuse me. Yep. Um it, it is is missing the injustice of yeah. it all. Um yep. and, and the Bible is clear. The Bible tells us to love our neighbor, right? Mm. The Bible tells us to bear one another's burdens. Mm. So when we see parts of Christianity, brothers and sisters, that are suffering under oppression Mm -hmm. or dealing with issues of inequality, Mm -hmm. even if it's not me personally, how do I sit back and ignore that when there's a whole segment of the church that is struck, You know, how how do I look at bear one another's burdens and I not get involved?
2: I think even if you politically disagree and think folks that are suffering are wrong, right? Let's just Mm -hmm. suppose just for argument's sake, that those folks who are suffering are wrong, are they still hurting? Is there still pain? Come and listen to that pain. Come and hear that side and process with them. Why do you think there's pain? Why do you think there's injustice? And listen and hear from your neighbor whom you're supposed to love. Like let's process it together and let's learn from one another. Connected to our first podcast, you need a black friend, you need a white friend. Let's listen to each other for goodness sakes.
1: Yeah, Uh, Dr. Eric Mason makes this statement. Um, and it's a little different than what we heard our friend K.J. Scribbin say. He okay. says this. He cuts right to the point. Proximity breeds empathy.
2: Mm. Hmm.
1: And so these relationships allow you to understand people. Yeah. Yep. And that's not just something white people need to have. That's something black folks need to have. Absolutely. Because when we're watching the news or when we're having experiences, uh, the, the reason why I don't hate white people, <laughs> honestly, is it, because I have relationships yeah. with you guys and a, and a bunch of other people. Of course. So when I'm tempted to do something that's ungodly and try to paint all white people in a particular box mm-hmm. because of an experience I've had with one white person, mm-hmm. it, it's relationships that keep me grounded. It's the understanding that I can't judge a people group mm-hmm. based on an experience with a person or two.
2: That's good. You know, and
1: so those relationships are key in how we look at these issues, how we respond to these issues, mm-hmm. and really how we move forward. Absolutely. Yeah. There's something about how relationships
0: break prejudice yeah that's like when you get a prejudice you get a preconceived notion about a group of people and then you have a friend that just totally that fits the category but does not
1: hold that that uh idea yeah it's like well i guess that's not true (laughs) that's That's right yeah and so it's super important Um, But we could probably do this all day. We could. We got to move on. Do you want to do All Lives Matter or Blue Lives Matter? Let's do Blue Lives. Let's do Blue Lives Matter. Oh, let's do do Blue Lives. Um, So we know Blue Lives Matter is a counter movement, right? Yes. It's a
2: direct response to the Black Lives Movement.
1: Yeah. Now, there's no organization, uh, like, nationally, right? Yeah. The only thing we know is there is a 501c3 called Blue Lives Matter NYC that was founded by some officers in New York on the heels of some targeted officer shooting sure. that happened around the times that kind of issues of race were taken off mm-hmm. uh, a few years back. And that's that's kind of what it is. Um, now let's talk about the mission. The only organization is in New York, Blue Lives Matter NYC. Yep. And so I wanna, I wanna highlight the mission of Blue Lives Matter NYC, because that's the only organized yep. effort other than the hashtag and the sentiment that we see. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is what they say their mission. Uh, three things, to raise awareness and enlist the public's aid for the needs of police officers. Secondly, to help police officers and assist each other. Thirdly, to provide a police officer's family with comfort and support as they go through hard times. Okay? So, so that's Blue Lives Matter. Yeah. Um,
2: well, let me, let me ask a question then. Come on. And I think it's the obvious question. We have this conversation all the time. I want one of you two to describe to me what a blue life is. I understand what a black
1: life is. What's a blue life? I've only seen a blue life on the Smurfs. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know any so blue, blue, blue people. The only blue life on I know them. is the Smurfs. Yeah. I, I don't...
2: Maybe yeah. Avatar. Okay, Ooh, we, got cool. Avatar. we got was... two. We got two. I um, mean,
0: it, it, the, it's a funny joke. I think the point is... Yeah. There's this... There's kind of a disconnect here. Yeah. And I want to be clear, like, we have... We yeah. all have friends who are in... Well, police officers or in the sheriff's department or whatever... That we love and respect and we wish yeah. no harm to any of them or their families. Yeah. Like I can get behind the idea of of helping police officers, caring for their families. Like mm-hmm. absolutely. And no let me say this. And that. David,
1: I want to jump in and say it and then get back to what you're saying. Being a police officer is one of the most difficult career paths for in sure. the nation. For B- sure. Because you're you you have the task of making life-altering decisions, mm-hmm. oftentimes in a split second. And I don't want to belittle that in any way, even as we have this conversation. Uh, It is one of the more difficult uh, career choices. And I think you should think long and hard if that's the path you want to take in this life Mm -hmm. and understand that it is difficult, uh, that it is challenging, uh, but it is a well-needed profession as well. Uh, I'm not not of the perspective that we don't need police officers. Mm -hmm. Most people aren't. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are some people I've heard weird arguments that we don't need police departments at all. That's weird to me. It's very weird to me. Yeah. So, so I want to be clear yeah. that- If
2: something happens at my house, mm-hmm. you know I'm calling 911.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, and even the fact that Blue Lives Matter has been set up to try to be something that is against black, li- like you have to choose yeah. to either care about justice for black people yeah. or police officers is odd. You would think, go you think
2: Black Lives Matter would be something that police would embrace and champion as civil servants, as protectors of the peace, you would think that would be something they would want to even champion. But instead we have this conflict of, you no know, black lives, no, 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 blue lives matter. And you're yeah. like, what, what? I don't even understand this discussion and how did we get here? Yeah. It's wild. It's, it's,
0: I think it's connected to what we were talking about with white supremacy of there's this idea of if we're trying to eradicate white supremacy, if we're saying, Black lives matter. Then there's this initial response of, "Well, no, my people matter,"
2: hmm.
0: and I think that's where all this stuff is getting twisted and like how, why we're having so much conflict. Because hmm. I think you know, even all lives matter. Like, of course, everybody matters. Like, but but you're missing you're missing the cry of of people of color who are oppressed, who are feeling the results of oppression and they're crying out and saying, our lives matter. Mm-hmm. Please care about us. Mm-hmm. And if you just think about that in, ter- in a Christian context, if you have a brother or sister that's saying, hey, like, I'm, <clears throat> I'm in trouble. Like, why would our response be, no, well, you should care about me. What? Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. I care about you. <clears throat> I want to hear what's going on in your life and why you're suffering and how can <clears throat> I help you. That should be the response. <clears throat> but we're, we're we live in this time where it's like, if if one side says this phrase the other side says the complete opposite yeah. like we're just instantly polarized and against each other um, and and it's not we're not listening to each other we're mm-hmm. not having compassion so for me though i have no problem saying that of course police officers lives matter mm-hmm. and we should not have people group, people going and targeting police officers and their families <clears throat> like absolutely not yeah, that's absolutely not okay not. Um, totally lost last where I was going but like the point is we we should care about black people of and we shouldn't have to have a different response to like counter that. Yeah. We should.
1: Unless, I want to jump in one more time about black lives, I mean, blue lives matter before yep. we get to the next part of our yep. conversation. Um, blue lives don't exist. Right. It, it's a career choice that's made up of white, black, brown people mm-hmm. that that feel led and called to serve the community by being officers. Yes. Um, It's also one of the most respected professions in our nation in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. Uh, I was having a conversation with a guy who will remain anonymous um, and and he was talking about Doing something to help officers feel respected and he felt like there's pressure to do it. I was like listen It's great and noble Mm -hmm. what what you're doing But keep in mind that being a police officer is one of the most respected fields in America Mm -hmm. when you put on that badge and walk out of the house you you, go to, you get free coffee. You get free everything. Mm-hmm. Little kids run up and want to, like, like there is a genuine awe and, and respect for policing sure. in the general sense. Mm-hmm. Um, now, again, black communities are slightly different um, because there's a history of mistrust sure, of policing that, right? because police historically, going back to Reconstruction when slavery ended, uh, were not used to protect and serve in black communities. Mm-hmm. They were used to keep black people out of white neighborhoods. Yeah. That they were used to enforce unfair voting laws. Mm-hmm. That you know that there were vagrancy laws that were created after slavery. Yeah, black people are being pushed off plantations, and yeah. now they create these laws that that if you walk in the street at seven p.m., yeah. you get arrested. And where do they have to go? Exactly. You know, <laughs> nowhere. And, and so there's a history. Yeah. Of a different perspective of policing yeah. in black communities, yeah. which has led to mistrust, mm-hmm. right? And so put mm-hmm. that aside. But in the greater community, the white community that there's a tremendous respect, infatuation, mm-hmm. adoration for policing absolutely, in the general sense. And it has been historically, mm-hmm. uh, because what police represent in white communities is safety mm-hmm. and hope and security mm-hmm. and help. And historically, they haven't always represented that in black communities. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the challenges. So I said that to say this, because policing has been so well-respected, Now there's mainstream criticism of policing Mm -hmm. because of videos, Mm -hmm. because of of body cameras, uh, because of the public now being able to witness Mm -hmm. interactions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's almost a fragility within law enforcement that you can't critique the choices that any of my comrades make, Mm -hmm. or I see that as an attack against me and my profession and everything that I do. Sure.
2: You gotta be able to critique though, you've gotta be able to call out, and it has to be a higher standard. I've had this conversation with a couple of folks, and we know this as pastors, mm-hmm. as folks who have been pastors for years, there's a higher calling and standard of the way that we live our lives. Yeah. We can't go out tonight and meet up at the strip club. Mm-hmm. And if we do, we're gonna be in there's huge trouble. Absolutely. We're gonna get called out, we're not gonna be preaching long. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Same with police officers. There has to be a higher standard and a higher calling and we need to hold folks to that standard because if you are called to protect and serve, you need to protect and serve. I don't dislike police. I love police. If I have problems, I'm calling the police because I need your help and I respect what you do and I hope that you're safe out there. But we're creating this fight and dichotomy of black people, black lives matter, and the response is no, police matter. That doesn't make, I said police matter because it feels more what it Mm -hmm. is. Blue Lives Matter feels like it's an equal discussion. It doesn't make any sense. Yes. It's a career versus a people
1: group. That's right. What are you yeah. doing? Yeah. And there's a difference between being anti police yes. and crying out for police reform. 100%. Uh, America's approach to policing needs to change and get better. Mm-hmm. And that involves changing legislation. It, it involves looking at training. It, it involves looking at the culture of policing and, mm-hmm. and even, even the element of like toxic masculinity mm-hmm. that 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 is super evident in, you know, I talk to female police officers and the challenge they have in local yeah. departments uh, because of this toxic male element that's super macho and mm-hmm. aggressive, mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just not helpful. Yeah. Yep. And so crying out for reform and change is not anti-police, mm-hmm. you know? It's like being in a marriage and you having to go to counseling and your spouse saying to you, listen, you're doing this, you're doing that, and you, you're... You know what, what? you're doing is unhealthy to our relationship. Yep. And your response is, "What? You don't want me?" Yeah. Yep.
2: Like, no, I want we, you to we do want, I want you. We want you to get better. Yeah. We just you know? don't want oppression. <laughs> yeah. We, we,
1: want, we want things to be yeah. better and different. That's good. But that's not that. That's not a, a rejection of everything you are. Yeah. And there's a difference. And we got to be clear um, that that you know when we see protests, even Black Lives Matter, it's not anti-police. Right. It's police reform. It's looking at statistics and information uh, that suggests that unarmed black people are killed at a much higher yeah. rate you know, per capita mm-hmm. than unarmed any other people group. Mm-hmm. It's looking at the ideology and the culture that suggests that black people are just more dangerous than mm-hmm. other people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a real thought. Yeah. Um, I, I was talking to a guy um, Wednesday night and I don't want to blow. Oh, when, when are we going to release this? This gonna be out, Okay, good. It'll be after. I was speaking at a church <laughs> this past weekend, and the associate pastor was on the stage, and we're having this dialogue, this Q&A, and, and he has this like confession moment when he says, to be completely honest, uh, when I see a young black kid with a hoodie on, mm-hmm. I get a little bit nervous. Mm-hmm. And I know I've been taught that, and I know it's wrong, because he has a son who's black, and so he's wrestling with these issues. Uh, but, nice. but he has this moment of confession where he's like, honestly, I get nervous. You know, I'm like, worried a little bit. Like, what does that mean? What does that is he dangerous? Mm-hmm. Uh, and my response to him was, it's because we've been taught that black people are more dangerous than other yeah. people. Yep. And so when you see four black kids, there's like, uh oh, what are they doing? Mm-hmm. Versus four white kids, same street, boys same boys. outfits. Yeah, boys will be boys. Look at those knuckleheads. Yep. You know, but it's because we've been taught that, black, and it's connected to even black on black crime. Yeah. Like we've been taught that black people are just more dangerous. Yeah. And so officers, long before they put on a uniform, mm. because they just grown up in American culture, ha- have developed this cautiousness and fear mm. of black folks because they've been taught that black people are more dangerous. Yeah. And it even impacts the black community. For sure. Because sometimes, as, as a black man, you see a group of black kids, it's like, uh-oh. <laughs> because we've been taught that we're dangerous. Like, like that's that's real. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so that, that is connected to these issues mm. in, a, in a really powerful way, mm. you know. And, and we have to change that culture. Yeah. So one thing you said,
0: Kirby, was that, uh, you know, in the movement Black Lives Matter, that you're not anti-police, right? You don't want to get rid of all police. Um, but some people listening to this will have seen posts on Facebook that suggest that the movement is trying to abolish the police. Right, or defund the police, right, is is some of the, the cry that we hear. Um, and we can get into that conversation uh, maybe in a later podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's but, our episode. But yes, it is. My point is that um, because the movement Black Lives Matter is so uh, unorganized, you're going to get loads of different ideas and solutions mm-hmm. that don't necessarily represent the whole group, mm-hmm. right? And so sometimes people will discredit the whole. Black Lives Matter movement because of one thing that this one person said, Mm -hmm. as opposed to kind of trying to look at the thing as a whole. Yeah. Right. And so I think it's important to have these discussions and listen to people because you start to realize those things and um, that what you're maybe that one post Mm -hmm. you're seeing on Facebook that made you really upset might not be representative of that whole the whole movement and the whole Correct. discussion.
2: I think I think what's helpful for me is equating the Black Lives Matter movement with civil rights and knowing our history of civil rights because you had leaders like Martin Luther King Jr. where most folks are familiar, but then right alongside in terms of civil rights you had Malcolm X, you had the Nation right? of Islam, you had all these different groups all fighting for civil rights in different ways, Correct. some of which we as Christians were like, "Oh yes." And some of which were like, "Oh, oh no oh no right. no 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 but we wouldn't come out and be like we're anti-civil rights yes we're pro i mean we celebrate civil rights you know what i mean and well, i now, think that of, of course that no of course that but i think that's helpful for i think that's the, the point
0: i think that's the point because yeah. in in the civil rights movement a lot of the church was against the civil rights was against martin luther king right mm-hmm. and i think it's part of that thing they were unable to differentiate between the movement and certain groups. They weren't able to embrace what was good and right about equality. Yeah. Um, be, you know, they weren't able to separate those things. And I think it's important for us as Christians now to realize the good and the right yeah. about Black Lives Matter and not throw it
1: all out because there's a couple things that maybe we, we don't like about what these people are saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and when you read interviews, and I wanna reference like Divided by Faith yep. uh, by Dr. Michael Emerson. Excellent. Um, it's fascinating when you read interviews from people during the civil rights yes. era. Because a lot of good Christian folk mm-hmm. thought segregation was fine and it was working. Yeah. And that black folks were supposed to live, we, God didn't. we're not supposed to live together. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to have their own stuff separate from yeah. our stuff. Like a lot of good Christian mm-hmm. folk just saw Dr. King and that movement is just troublemakers.
2: Yep, mm-hmm. I was thinking about that because <laughs> I had a conversation with my old pastor when he was growing up and he remembers when Martin Luther King Jr. got shot. And he said he remembers being at church and talking with some of the leaders at his church and one of the guys was like happy and thrilled because that troublemaker is gone now. And he was like, even at a young age, he was so baffled that a Christian man could celebrate death, but celebrate death of a leader that's making great change and doing phenomenal things. And there's just this, you see that wrestle. It's not a new thing that's happening, but it helps us process what's happening now as we look back at what happened.
0: So speaking of the church and the church's response, um, I think that leads us into All Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. Because what I see on social media a lot is, um, I think a lot of people feel like the Christian response to Black Lives Matter is All Lives Matter. And at least in the white church. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the problem is there's a disconnect, again, with All Lives Matter. Um all of us would say that, yes, every person has value, and every person matters. We're not uh disagreeing with the idea of all people matter, but the response is again missing the point of black lives matter, right, right. there a lot of people will say and re, when response to all lives matter'll say all lives matter can't matter like all lives all can't can't matter can't matter until black yeah. lives matter yes it's right right and 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 that's the thing like um. Uh, you're missing the whole point of the conversation that needs to be had yeah. Yeah. when you just quickly say, well no all lives matter you know it, it's it's another way to just quickly um, dismiss mm-hmm. what's being said and not have to deal with it by just saying all lives matter.
1: yeah, yeah. Our, our culture in America of power and who holds it is so jacked up mm-hmm. that a lot of people view equality and equity, as, as somehow ascension You know what I'm saying? And, and I can say it a way better That's way say, when, when, take when, it apart, when, yeah. when some people hear Black lives matter mm-hmm. What they really hear is Black lives matter more
2: Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: yep. And so there's an That's offense right. to say Well they're not better than I am mm-hmm. Or they're not more important than I am Yeah. Or their yeah. lives are No, and, mm-hmm. and the answer is correct mm-hmm. the, the movement, the fight is about Equality mm-hmm. yeah. It's about <laughs> equity it's yeah, not about being great. Good. It's not this reversal of, you know, we want to see an America where now the black people are on top and all the white people are bowed down. Like, th- that's not the America, yeah. you know, but but people are so threatened by equality and equity mm-hmm. because it means giving up some, right? It means inviting people to have seats at the table. Yeah. It means walking through difficult conversations. And I, it means upsetting yeah. the norm and the current power structure of America, but, but not in a way that there's some type of a, reversal or new oppression yeah. formed out of it.
2: And I think the hard part is, I can find videos probably on my Facebook feed right now of folks posting, we talked about how the Black Lives Matter has multi-facet and mm-hmm. multi-opinions. Some folks don't want Equity. They don't want it equal. They don't want, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But those are fringe folks, but people will put that one video up and see, see, I told you, yeah. I told you that's what this they're is going This is what it's for. all about. This is reverse racism, which that's a whole mm-hmm. nother podcast. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is what, then we can just throw the whole thing out and we don't have to deal with mm-hmm. it. But that's not what's happening. Yeah. It's trying to bring up an equal. So black lives, in fact,
1: matter. And this is the thing. People who aren't Christians do the same thing with the church. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be careful oh, that we're oh, not doing that. Like, think wonderful. about it. some some wacky fringe Christian that believes something quite different than what others of us believe. Yeah. Oh, that's Posts good. a video or has an interaction, <laughs> oh, and then what people so do is see those Christians are crazy. I can't be a part of that. Yep. You know, like we watch videos of you know the, the snake charming churches or whatever. Oh man. You know, just something extreme. Yep. Right. And and, and people will discredit all of Christianity because they watch that video. Yeah.
2: That's good. So we have
1: to be careful that we're not doing the same thing with yes. other movements. That's that we right. don't find the the most fringe, weird expression of a movement, yep. and then try to say that everything they do is that. That's helpful. Um, b- because we don't like to be pigeonholed the same way as believers. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so we got to be careful of that. Uh, but but we talk about all lives matter as a response to Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. It is probably the most insensitive thing you can say. And I'm going to use this quote to explain it. Um, Talib Kweli, who's a rap artist uh, and an activist, he's not a Christian, so I want to—I don't want you looking up everything he does. You're good, safe room viewers. I don't want you looking up everything he does. Like you're a pastor, and you told us to follow. I didn't tell you to follow him. Do that yep. at your own risk. Um, <laughs> you know, but he is an activist, yeah. um, and he is a rap artist uh, that that has a passion for equality and black folks and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, but but this is the quote. It's actually a, a quote from Doug Williford. Okay. But he posted it uh, on his like Instagram and everything. Mm-hmm. And this is what it says. If my wife comes to me in obvious pain and asks, do you love me? An answer of I love everyone mm. would be truthful, but also hurtful and cruel in that moment. Yep. If a coworker comes to me upset and says my father just died, a response of everyone's parents die" would be truthful, but hurtful and cruel in the moment. So when a friend speaks up in a time of obvious pain and hurt and says black lives matter, a response of all lives matter is truthful, but it is hurtful and cruel in the moment. That's That's such a great way to put it. Love your neighbor. Bear one another's burden. Mm -hmm. Black lives matter simply means that that there is a segment of our community Hmm. that is struggling and being oppressed and being discriminated against. And as a nation, we should sit down and figure out why. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: that's so great. So I want to encourage all of you listening, watching, you know, be slow to post. Think think through what you're posting. Think through what you're sharing. What is it going to mean? How are people going to receive it? Uh, Is it going to be insensitive when you just say all lives matter? Yeah.
1: Resist the urge to oversimplify. Mm -hmm. to try to take complex issues and generalize Mm -hmm. um, and work through it. I know this is uncomfortable for people. We know Mm -hmm. that. Um, We're having tons of conversations with people processing. We know this is uncomfortable, especially for white people. Mm -hmm. Like, honestly, um, when you grow up in black households, issues of race is is common. Yeah, uh, Because when you're a minority, there's moments when you're reminded that you're a minority. Mm -hmm. uh, As you just go through regular everyday life. And so conversations at the dinner table are a bit more common about issues of race Hmm. uh, because unfortunately we have to prepare our children to exist in this world. And so I got to talk to my girls about how people are going to try to touch their hair and Mm. make certain comments about their skin tone. Unfortunately, I have to prepare them. I have to prepare my son to keep calm when he gets pulled over Mm -hmm. because his passion will be mistaken for aggression.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And so we have to have these conversations. Mm -hmm. So press into them, have them. I know they're uncomfortable, I know it's awkward, uh, but we have to have these conversations so that we can get to a different place. That's yeah. good. It's harder,
0: but so much better to have conversations with people than to post on social media. Yes.
1: <laughs> Twitter fingers, break them. Twitter fingers. <laughs> Tie these Twitter fingers. <laughs> Pull up, That's come funny. talk to me. That's good. No, <laughs> Listen, thank you so much for yeah. tuning in. That's our time. That's the end of this episode. Uh, we, we hope you encourage, yeah. challenged, blessed, all that kind of stuff. Inform. Uh, And we'll see you next week.
2: Thanks for tuning in to Bridge the Divide. Tell your friends, tell your family, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Check us out on video on YouTube as well. We want to say a special shout out to Nate Goss for research. We want to shout out to Chris Marvin for our theme music. And thanks to the guys and all their tech work, to Kendrew Hayes and to Jake Carter.